Praise the Lord. I miss you guys. I haven't seen you in three weeks. Y'all don't even know I was gone, see? Boy, I tell you. They say, you wasn't here? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come together and search your word. We thank you, Lord, that you continue to give us the, the keys to the kingdom. We thank you, Lord God, that you're teaching us that one of those keys is honor. Help us, Lord God, how to honor your will as we love one another, as we dwell one with another. And we thank you, Lord God, ultimately for the vision that you've placed here at Christian Cultural Center, allowing us to grow, allowing us to be one with you. In Jesus' name we pray and give thanks. Amen and amen. Today's theme is honor. And the definition, the working definition that we will use for honor is to esteem with value and great respect. To esteem with value and great respect. In 1 Chronicles 29, 11, and 12, it says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatest and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. What is God's kingdom? And I raise this question because this is what Pastor Bernard spoke about last week in Brooklyn. So to set the stage, I want to use this working definition that he gave us for what is God's kingdom and the characteristics of the kingdom, of course, emanate from the king. Amen. Amen. What is God's kingdom? Kingdom, the government of God, the rule, the order of God. And scripture that we used to reference last week was Matthew 633, which is, of course, seek first the kingdom, the kingdom of who? And his, his right way of doing things. Amen? Amen. So in the course of that, um, we find honor. When we seek first the kingdom of God, this is how we get to a place of knowing in order to keep things rolling. And let's see the kingdom of God as a system. And within every system, what, what keeps the system running is what? Energy. That energy one of those things is honor. And the way that we honor one another, I pray that we reach a point. I'm going to build a little case. Are you going to go with me? Amen. You don't have a choice because I got the mic. <laughs> Amen. So um, let me just use an example of uh, reminding us who we are real quick. And one of the things that the scripture tells us is that we are in the world, but we're not of it, Right. Sometimes it may be a little difficult to understand how that works. Let me give you an example. Have, a, have you ever been driving or in a car and a bee gets in there? Has that happened to anyone? Okay. So now you can swing, you can hit the brakes, you can hit the gas, preferably you don't hit someone. Um, 
But in the process, when you, if you was to just slam on the brakes, why doesn't the bee just smack into the windshield? Or when you hit the gas real quick, why doesn't the bee hit the back win- window? The bee is in the car, but not of. It's not affected by what's happening inside the car. We're in the world, but we're not of it. So even though there's things that take place in the world, because we know what real honor is, God honors us. God gave us authority, and the challenge for us is knowing how to implement that authority. Get an amen? amen. Is there anybody that, that, that understands where we're going so far? Okay, so a part of that I'd like to read to us. I, I want to go to, um, let's go to 1 Samuel 24. 1 Samuel 24 in the ESV. Let's start at verse 1. When Saul returned from following the Philistines, he was told, Behold, David is in the wilderness of Engedi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men out of all Israel and went to seek David and his men in front of the wild goats' rocks. And he came to the sheepfolds by the way where there was a cave, and Saul went in to relieve himself. Now David and his men were sitting in the innermost parts of the cave. So what's happening so far? David is already in the cave, correct? Saul is actually trying to kill David at this point. So he goes in to what? Relieve himself. We, we all understand what that means, right? And when you got to go, you got to go. Right? Okay. Now David and his men were sitting in the innermost parts of the cave. And the men of David said to him, Here is the day of which the Lord said to you, behold, I will give your enemy into your hand and you shall do to him as it shall seem good to you. Now, there's moments in our lives when we're doing the will of God or we're going about our lives and there's people that's coming after us and we might not even know why. And then there's people that's running with us and rolling with us that'll tell us this is what the Lord, the word of the Lord have you ever been there before? I'll give you an example of that, too. Instead of speaking to God, you pick up your phone and you tell your friend your problem and they tell you what the word of the Lord is instead of you hearing what the word of the Lord is on your own. You ever been there before? All right. Stop picking up that phone. Talk to God about the situation. I'm going to tell you how it turns out. Scripture got it right here. Then David arose and stealthily cut off a corner of Saul's Roll. So can you imagine? He's, he's, he's creeping, right? Stealthily, he's moving without being detected. And he cuts off a corner of Saul's robe. Now, why would he do that? Cutting off a corner of Saul's robe had to show some type of significance. Right. Let's read further. And afterward... David's heart struck him because he had cut off a corner of Saul's robe. He said to his men, the Lord forbid 
that I should do this thing to my Lord. And he's talking about his Lord, lowercase l, Saul, right? But he's talking about his Lord, his God, forbid that he do anything to Saul. You follow so far? Okay. Seeing he is the Lord's anointed. So David persuaded his men with these words. Isn't it something how you can tell people to roll with you and they so ready to roll. And, you know, nowadays the term is ride or die. People are so ride or die for you. Now you have to convince them why you're not going to go all the way with killing the enemy. Imagine that. You done brought 3,000 people with you. Now you got to convince them. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Not yet. Hold on a second. I know what y'all think the word of the Lord is, and I know y'all looking at it as this is a blessing from God, but I'm trying to tell you it's something greater. And to be in leadership, oftentimes we have to make sure we can tell the difference between what looks like a good thing and what might be the better thing. Being in the kingdom of God is no longer about choosing what's right and what's wrong. It's about what's doing what's good and doing what's better. So our options change. We're not trying to figure out who's right or what's wrong. When we can graduate from that, then we can see the goodness of God by doing the right things of God, which is righteousness. Amen. Amen. Let's continue further. Afterward. Hold on. Where are we? Okay. Afterward, wait, 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 wait. So David persuaded his men with these words and did not permit them to attack Saul. And Saul rose up and left the cave and went on his way. Afterward, David also arose and went out of the cave and called after Saul, my Lord, the king, lowercase l, lowercase k. And when Saul looked behind him, David bowed with his face to the earth and paid homage. And David said to Saul, why do you listen to the words of men who say, behold, David seeks your harm? Behold, this day I have seen. Can you hear me? Was that just me or did it go out a little bit? Okay, just checking, just checking, just checking. Because I was hearing my inner voice for a minute and I'm saying, wait a minute, hold on. Father, they do hear me, right? Behold, this day your eyes have seen how the Lord gave you today into my hand in the cave. And some told me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, I will not put out my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. There's times where even we take the seat of Saul. And we might not be in right standing and we might be doing some things that are in question. And because people know the anointing of God and hand is on our lives, they spare us. But here's the challenge to God be the glory. But here's the challenge. Our ego. Sometimes our ego can get in the way to a point that we don't see it as the hand of God. And we see it as if we're just so dope. We're so fly. How fly is he? No, let me stop. (laughs) Telling on myself. See, my father, see the corner of your robe in my hand. 
For by the fact that I cut off the corner of your robe and did not kill you, you may know and see that there is no wrong or treason in my hands. I have not sinned against you. Though you hunt my life to take it, may the Lord judge between me and you. May the Lord avenge me against you, but my hand shall not be against you. As the proverb of the ancients says, out of the wicked comes wickedness, but my hand shall not be against you. After whom has the king of Israel come out? After whom do you pursue? After a dead dog? After a flea? May the Lord therefore be judge and give sentence between me and you and see to it and plead my cause and deliver me from your hand. Even now, David is still saying, I want to be delivered from your hand. Like, I don't even know why you keep coming after me. I could have killed you and ended all of this. Now, I'm sure we've read up on David before. David has done some questionable things. And even here, he understood the power of honoring God's anointed. So it wasn't that David always did things right. It wasn't that he did everything right. But he did do something right in trusting God's way of doing things. This is an example for us. David has been an example for us to understand you're not going to do everything right. But if you do some things right, even if you just do one thing right and trust God, In those moments where it really matters, these are the things that God can do for you too. So what has God given us? Amen. God is good. What has God given us the opportunity to do? He's told us how to live by these same principles. So there's scripture, and I want you to write these scriptures down. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. We're all familiar with that. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with the promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Familiar with that? Amen. Ephesians 4, 1 through, Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Write it down. Write it down. We got to study beyond Sunday. Beyond Sunday, we got to go to our word. Amen. It's just like that, that movie we watch. You watch it more than once. Have you ever watched a movie more than once? Have have you ever watched Power more than once because you think you missed something? Yeah, that'll wake you up. Thank God everybody looked well-rested. You wasn't up at midnight trying to watch Power. Okay, maybe that went over somebody's head. Leviticus 19, 31 and 32. Do not turn to mediums or necromancers. Do not seek them out. And so make yourselves unclean by them. I am the Lord your God. You shall stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man. And you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. That's honoring our elders. Honoring those that are before us. How many of us in growing up, our elders had some things to say about us or say some things to us. And we felt like, man, you're not my mother. You're not my father. But you did it. That was the culture. That was the culture I came up in. You can say what you want to say under your breath, but you better do what they say. Now, one of the issues I had with my elders, they would tell me to tie my sneakers. Anybody else been there? In Brooklyn, we ain't tie our sneakers. That's just how it was. We walked around with our sneakers untied. 
Not that the laces were dragging. You had them just a certain way. And it was, and it was dope. It was nice. But then you walk past one of your elders and they tie, tie them sneakers. Tie them sneakers up. Get down there, tie up your sneaker. And as soon as I get to the corner, I'm untying it right back. But I did what was told because I had to honor my elders. In Romans 13, 1 and 2, it says to honor those in authority. How many of us had some challenges with that? Not so much even in the authority that we see from day to day in our workplace, but even those that are in higher seats. We have to honor them by the words we speak. How many of us have been able to pray for our leadership that's in authority? Is it not a challenge? But what does the scripture say? The scripture says in Romans 13, verse 1, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Now, I know it will be hard for us to understand that. God, you really? Really, Lord? But we don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes. We don't know everything that that God has planned and everything that's going to go the way that it's really working in our favor. We just don't even know how. This, again, is one of those moments where we might be sitting in the seat of Saul thinking that we're so right, we can do whatever we want, but people are sparing our lives. Only because of their respect and love for our Lord and our God. Is that not humbling? Again, what is the kingdom of God? God's government. God's government. So I'm wondering if when we're walking around, if it would be safe to say that people can see an invisible stamp on us governed by God. Because if we're really governed by God, we wouldn't have to wear a sign that says it. Because our activities will show it. So they don't have to question whether or not what we do, why we do it, and how we do it. They'll just know that there's something peculiar about this person. There's something peculiar about you. And they'll even start inquiring, what is it about you? Why is it that you're so different? You don't do things like how other people do things. And sometimes they don't even know how to word the question. You, you ever been there before? Oh, yeah. All right, if you ain't never been there before, you need to step your game up. <laughs> step your walk up because God is trying to show you off. Amen. Hello? Amen. Come on. Come on. We got to put this word to work. The word is already in us. It's just a matter of it coming out so that people can also have a part of this everlasting life. Jesus came that we might have life and life more abundantly. So in essence, if you don't have the abundant life that Christ came to give, you should have a vision that's working towards it. If you're not busy working towards that abundant life and having a joyous time doing it, then I have to question whether or not what you're doing is of God. I'm talking to myself, too. I'm talking to myself, too, because there's times we have to ask questions. Why did I do what I just did? Making decisions that sometimes are impulsive 
Where we, how many of us have, you know what, maybe I shouldn't ask that question. <laughs> I'm going to ask it anyway. How many of us have made an impulsive purchase knowing good and well you ain't got no business spending that much money on that thing? And then, and, and then you, you figure, well, I could, I could take it back. It, well, let me, let me, and you toy with it. You toy with it and you're saying, I didn't have to spend that much for it. Ah. But God want the best for me, right, Lord? And How many of us been there before? Making impulsive choices. Trying to impress people that don't even like us. Another way that God wants us to show honor is to each other. In Romans 12, 10, it says, love one another with brotherly affection. Brotherly affection. Hello? All right. Brotherly and sisterly affection. Everything within reason. Outdo one another in showing honor. Another way. It's for us to honor ourselves. Proverbs 21, 21 says, whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life, righteousness, and honor. What's righteousness again? God's way of doing things. God's right way of doing things. So if you ever have a question about what's your next move, Matthew has told us, seek first the kingdom of God. What did he say to seek second? He didn't say that was second. He just said seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He didn't tell us what to seek second. So it's time to get to work. As long as you're seeking first the kingdom, all these other things will be added. So there's nothing you will have need for. There's nothing that you will have to beg for. As long as you're seeking first the kingdom of God and his right way, I guarantee you. I didn't say it. God said it. So you don't have to worry about it. You don't don't have to come to me and say, minister, you told me. No, the word told you. And I believe what the word says. Just like how our children, again, just like how our children remind us of things that we've said. We are children of God. And we should remind him, not that he's forgetful, but sometimes we need to remind ourselves how to be in line to receive what God has for us. Amen. And lastly, we honor with our body. Or do you not know, this is 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Whom you have from God, you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So we have honoring God by way of our parents, honoring our mother and our father, honoring our elders, our seniors, honoring those in authority, honoring the elders in the church. Honoring each other, honoring ourselves, and honoring our own bodies.
How is it that God can get the praise? How is it that God can speak through us if we can't even make it to where God is sending us? Now, I'm not trying to indict anyone, but I think that now is a time where we need to even be careful with what we put in our mouths. We have to be careful with what we even feed the temple. We have to be careful with what we put in the temple because God has a mission for us to accomplish. And sometimes we just too tired to get it done. Now, y'all can see I ain't missing no meals. So I ain't talking about nobody. I'm talking about myself. We have to be careful with what we put in our temple because we're asking God to do some things. And if he gave us the recipe and told us everything it would take for us to get to the fullness that he had for us, we wouldn't even be healthy enough to enjoy it. Come on. What good is it to get the abundant life and then can't even live abundantly? I think we'll just leave it here. I tell you what, everybody stand to your feet. I'm not going to belabor the point. I'm not going to keep talking. I believe that whatever the word of the Lord has been, whatever it is that the Lord wanted you to hear, you have received and it's been made available. What I do want to do is pray that each and every one of us allow for God to open our eyes to see what he would have for us to do. Is that all right? Everybody bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, today, today we give thanks to you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you're teaching us consistently what it is and what it means to honor. So, Lord God, we ask that you give us the strength that it takes in order to show honor, in order to give honor, in order to esteem and value with great respect. Teach us, Lord God, how to hold on to your word. And even when we're not sure, teach us how to go back to those scriptures to remind us. Remind us of the work that you're doing. Teach us, Lord God, to understand that here a little, there a little, precept upon precept, that you'll continue to build one thing upon another in our lives, Lord God. Teach us how to understand that our lives in you is a gradual progression, Father God. Teach us how to honor our being, to honor our bodies and honor your will that's being done in us. Teach us, Lord God, how not to be afraid to be an example. Some of us run from it, Lord God, because we already know that there's so many issues that we have and we just don't want people to look so close that they see the issues that we have. But teach us, Lord God, how to embrace the very issues that we have, the issues, the challenges, they all give an opportunity for you to be glorified. So ultimately, Lord God, we honor you. We honor you with our praise. We honor you with the very breath that we breathe. And we just ask, Lord God, that you continue to keep us reminded that we are yours. And when it's all said and done, it doesn't matter what we did wrong. What matters is that we did something right, and that is trust in you. So today, Lord God, I'd like to thank you Thank you for this opportunity for us to reason one with another. Thank you for your word that continues to heal us from the dis-ease, the discomfort, the challenges that try to overtake our bodies, Lord God. Keep us reminded that our bodies are your temple so that we continue to work towards being healthy, so that we can 
enjoy the abundant life that your son came to give us. We thank you, Lord God. We honor and adore you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God is good. You can open your eyes. God is good. Amen. Amen. Everybody have your Bibles? This Bible Bible is our primary source of faith. This Bible Bible is our rule of conduct. conduct. This Bible Bible creates the lens lens that we see life through. As we leave this place but never God's presence, Jesus is Lord, period. We believe it, we proclaim it, and we're seeing it come to pass. Praise the Lord.